I have missed music here at Elevate, and that is not even coming close to full force. And that makes me excited. It's good to be back with you guys. And um, I just noticed when I was walking up here, my title and then my name, it's really not all about me. That's not what I'm trying to imply. So <laughs> let's just get that cleared up right away. I didn't, I didn't catch that before. So if you're thinking I'm a little bit full of myself today, well, I might be, but it's not true. Anyway. Well, hey, I, I uh, would like to have a prayer, and I just want to talk to you guys today. I felt as we're coming back, and there's a lot that's been weighing on me, a lot that's been weighing on me this week with stuff that's going on in our, our country, and I just want to share with you guys some stuff that's on my heart. Let's pray. Father God, I just pray now as we open your word for a couple of minutes that you would be with us, that you would speak to us and through, through me, that each and every one here would just open our hearts, myself included, that we would just be able to receive what you have for us today. We're living in a time in our, in our world right now, Lord, where, man, stuff is just happening all around us. And we're not sure what to make of it all. Sometimes we get anxious and upset. and Sometimes we, we get nervous. We get scared. Sometimes we just get angry. But God, now I just pray that for the next few moments you will calm the racing thoughts in our minds. And that we will be open to receive what you have in your name. We pray. Amen. Well, I want to begin a series because... One of the things that I've been thinking a lot about lately is what is going on in the world around us today. And, you know, so I wanted to start this series, and I wanted to start by talking about something that's going to help set the context for us to actually fully understand and comprehend where we are in history, according to the Bible, and what role we as Jesus followers have to play in that and in the world that we live in today, how we can uh, be impactful in our world today. And I do have to say that my original thoughts are probably going to be a little bit morphed because of stuff that's happened this week. So just bear with me on that, and I don't have notes, so either we'll be here for three hours or we'll be out of here in 20 minutes. I'm not sure which. You'll just have to hang on for the ride. Uh, <laughs> we here at Elevate talk all the time about something we talk about the fact that the Bible is primarily a story. And that story is not really all about us. But that story is really all about who? Who can tell me? What's the story really all about? Who? God? Man, you guys, maybe the math make you be quiet. I, don't, I wasn't a rhetorical question. I told you I want to talk to you today. Anyway. It's really all about God. It's not about us, right? It's really all about God. In fact, if, if we go back and we study the beginning and we trace the origins of this whole battle between good and evil that we find ourselves in, that we've lived our entire lives in the midst of, 
uh, in, in our faith community, the Adventist faith community, we call it the great controversy. If we trace back to the beginning and the origins of that, we discover that at the heart of the entire thing, it's all about who God really is, ultimately. That's what the whole thing's about, right? There's this, this angel in, in heaven called Lucifer, who we know becomes Satan, and, and he accuses God of being something different than he is, and he starts and kicks off this whole battle between good and evil that to this day we are all in the midst of. So the whole thing, I'm kind of giving away the punchline here, what it's really all about, it's all about who God is, okay? It's all about who God is. It's not about us. Like, this changes everything just totally in your life because guess what, guys? It's not about what you do. It's about what God has done, is doing, and will do. It's not about your actions. It's about his actions. Now, I'm not saying you can do whatever you want. Well, that's a different conversation, right? But it's all about him. It's all about him and his nature and who he really is. Are you guys with me so far? This, this is going to set the, the mental framework for us to be able to have the conversation, to understand where we are in human history and understand how we can speak into our culture and into our times in a, in a relevant way to what is going on in the world or around us. Are you guys with me so far? Yeah? You got to interact with me. Give me something. I, your mask, I can't tell. Are you smiling? Are you laughing? Are you angry? I don't know. Give me a, give me a shake, a thumbs up. I don't know. So this is the thing, guys. If it's really all about who God really is, and the Bible is primarily a story, what we discover then is the Bible is actually the unfolding of the character of God. It's showing us who God is at heart. This is what the Bible primarily is. It's a story, yes, but it is showing us here is God. This is what God is like. Okay? Okay? Now, God is a God that is a relational God. We've talked about this here before, right? In and of himself, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? There's relationship in and of himself with each other. So God, without creating anything else, there's one God, three parts, can be a relational God in and of himself without anything else. But guess what a relational God desires to do? It desires to create so he has more creations to bestow his love upon and to have relationship with, hence human beings, Right? We came into the picture because God, out of his love and being who he is, desired to have more creation to bestow his love on and to have relationship with. We, the Bible says, were created in the, who can finish that sentence? Image of God. In the image of God, as human beings. Before sin came into the picture, we were created in the image of God. The Bible says male and female God created them. This is the book of Genesis. By the way, I'm going to reference a, a passage in a second, but I'm kind of, I'm referencing a lot, I'm just not reading them. In the book of Genesis, it says that we were created in the image of God. What does that really mean? I would argue that this is what it means, guys. This is what it means. There's something about the way that we were created as human beings that is, is a reflection of the character of God. So if God is a certain way, being created in the image of God means that when, when anybody else looks at us, whether other humans or other creatures in the universe, they get an accurate glimpse of who God is. Are you guys with me? So it's really all about who God is. This is what the whole thing kicked off with. We come into the picture. We're created in the image of God. We're mirrors that reflect the character of God. Are you with me so far? Right? 
And then, and then we get further into the story, sin comes into the picture, and sin messes all that up, right? When sin comes into the picture, all of a sudden that, that, that mirror, that image of God in us that, that, that we were created to have, it gets messed up, it gets dirty, it gets broken and damaged and smudged. And now when people look at us, when we're you know, in our natural state, when we're not born again, when we haven't been journeying with Jesus, they don't see a reflection of the character of God. They see a broken human being. Are you with me? It gets messed up. The Bible says, by the way, all of sin and fall short of the glory of God, so that means that all of us are, are broken and messed up human beings, myself included. Like Paul, sometimes I feel like I, I want to just stand up and say, I'm the chief among sinners, you know? Don't you feel that? We're broken. We're messed up. And we see that in our world today, don't we? I'll get to that in a second. Jesus came, and when Jesus came, he came to take what was given to us in, in, in word form and to show us what the words look like in a human life. Okay? He came to, to take what was written down about who God was to then show us through action and deed who God is. Are you guys with me? So Jesus' entire life, that he was here on this earth, the way that he lived his life, the way that he was on mission, the way that he interacted with people, all of this stuff that he did, he, he was doing it to put onto display for all human beings on the planet earth and the entire universe, this is who I really am. Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, right? I and the Father are one. There, there's no difference, right? I am showing you the, the, the gospel of John in the beginning. It says the word became flesh and dwelt among us, right? The word, right? The word became flesh, human, and lived with us. Moved into the neighborhood, some versions say, right? This is what Jesus was. This is what Jesus did. fullest manifestation, obviously, of who God is was found on the cross in the sacrifice that Jesus made for all of us on the cross. But this brings me to my actual, actually my main point for today, which is this. You say, Pastor, okay, great. It's really all about who God is, and it's, it's, it's you know, about the nature and the character of God, and we, we have the Bible, and we read the Bible, and we, we see what Jesus did for us, and I accept what he did for me, and I understand. I, I, I feel like, Pastor, I have kind of a, a good understanding of, of who God really is. Is that it? Am I, am I good now? Like, we just get together and, and talk about theology and talk about the Bible and God, and that, that's what I'm supposed to do with my life? Well, if you've been with us for a little while, you'll know the answer to that is a big no. <laughs> a big no. See, here's the thing, guys. Part of the process that, that God puts us through when we accept what he did for us on the cross is the restoration of the image of God back into us. Remember we talked about how we were creating the image of God and sin messed that up? There's this process that God puts every single one of us through 
that is to remove all those smudges, all those stains, all those broken things that are in us and to restore the image of God back into us. So once again, we start to reflect who God really is so that when people start to see us in the way we're living our life and the things that we're doing, they don't see another broken human being. They are so, all of a sudden, they're starting to get little glimpses of who God is. This is how it's supposed to work. The Bible tells us we've been talking about this missional you know, conversation. And by the way, if you're tired of that, I'm sorry. It's going to keep going. It's going to keep going because I believe with all my heart, with every fiber of my being, that, that, that we in, in our faith community, we do not have an issue with, with not having enough understanding or knowledge. We have an issue with taking that beyond Bible discussions and beyond just theological nuance and actually putting into practice in the way we live our lives to make a real difference in the community that we live in. And I believe this is the missing key. This is the missing link for us as Christians today. By the way, if you study Bible prophecy, you know that in the book of Revelation, it talks about different phases of church history, and we find ourselves in the last phase, which is the, the Laodicean church. You know the Laodicean church is talked about in, in Revelation? Jesus says, you disgust me so much, I want to vomit. You disgust me so much, I want to throw up. Why? Because you're not hot and you're not cold, you're just going through the motions. You're just going through the motions. You don't care. You're in church. You're having Bible study. You're preaching sermons. You're singing songs. You're going through the motions. And God says, that, that, <laughs> it, it makes me sick to my stomach when I witness that. We are called, as Jesus followers, to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. That's what it means to follow Jesus, by the way. Where he went, he's calling us to go. What does that mean in practicality? This is what it means. This means that for us to live our lives on mission, by the way, we've talked about this over and over, but Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, now I'm sending you. This is where we get that mandate, right? The same way that he came, we're now going. So he's saying, listen, the way that I live my life, that's a model for how you should live your life. The way that I interact with people, that's a model for how you should interact with people. The way that I went about doing ministry, that's the model that you should follow for how you should go about doing ministry. Now, I'm not saying we're Jesus. We're not, okay? I understand that. I'm not, this is not sacrilege. But even the word Christian, do you know where that comes from? It comes from people in, in the, the, the first century looking at, at Jesus' followers and going, wow, there's a bunch of little Christs. Because they were acting like Jesus Christ. That's where the name comes from. They're like, wow, I see. They're, they're acting like him. Right? That's literally what it means to be a Christian. Now, here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing. There's some people who look at, at the nature and the character of God. And they want to they box that in. They want to put that within the context of their own worldview, okay? Their own perspective, their own, their own, you know, whatever time period, whatever country they were born in, whatever political views they have, whatever that may look like, okay? They want to take who God is and they want to read into Scripture and, and kind of put God in their box 
so that they can relate to God better so that, that, that it's not so off-putting. You guys with me? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. When we do that, we are trying to, to change who God is to fit what we want him to be. But that's not how it's supposed to work. The way it's supposed to work, the Bible says, I am the potter, you are the clay. What does that mean? That means we change to fit what he wants us to be, not the other way around. Are you guys hearing me? All right. There's a lot of stuff going on in our world right now. And sometimes it's easy to ignore it. If I'm being honest with myself, it's easy for me to say, you know what? It's not worth the headache of getting involved. It's not worth the, the flack I might catch if I say anything. It's not worth the headache. I don't want to go there. I don't, I, you know, why? What's the point? But I got to tell you guys. Sorry. I, when you open the word and you see who God is and you read verses like Isaiah chapter 1 verse 17 that says learn to do good seek justice and correct oppression bring justice to the fatherless and plead the widow's cause. And that's just one of, of, I could go on and on and on. I'm not going to. I don't need to. You guys know that it's there. You read verses like that, and, and what you recognize is when you look at the life of Jesus, Jesus spoke up for those who were oppressed. Jesus spoke up for those who were hurting. Jesus spoke out against injustices in every level of society. Jesus had no political allegiance. Jesus didn't come to save a particular group of people. He came to save the whole world. And the Bible tells us that God values human life immensely. Human life means something to God. It means so much to him that he died and laid down his own life for the hope that you might accept that and might, might have eternal life. It's my personal belief that God is calling us as we are on mission for him, as we are, are, are being missionaries in our current world, he is calling us to use our voices to speak out against oppression, to speak out against injustice, to speak out against those things that we see in our world, in our context, in our communities that are not right. Now, this is not political. This is not any of that. I'm not, I'm not going down that road. And I don't think as Christians we ever should. But what I'm saying is, as Jesus followers, our Christianity should trump whatever American patriotism, whatever political allegiance, whatever else you might have in you that you were born with when you become a Jesus follower, that takes over. 
And all that other stuff doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter. And what Jesus says, he says, correct oppression. Seek justice and bring justice. Friends, there is, a, there, there is so much pain in this country. There's so much hurt in this country. And, and when I, I see videos like I saw this week, I don't even need to mention it. You guys know what I'm talking about. How, how can you just look at that and go, eh? That's not what God has called us to do. We should be the voices on the forefront. We should be the ones who are, are coming to, the, to fight the causes. We should be the ones who are out there in our communities amongst people who are hurting, who are oppressed, who, 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 who can't, you know, fight for themselves. And I'm not, I'm not talking about like political fighting or, or, or you know, physical fighting by no means. What I'm talking about is just fighting for human rights, for basic human rights, for human decency. I mean, there are so many minority groups in this country, in the history in this country of racism. I'm sorry, I, I, I didn't want to go there, but it's true. And I'm as white as a white boy can be. And I'm sorry, we have to speak out against the stuff that's going on in this world. We cannot sit idly by as Christians and say, we love a God who, who claims to care about all that stuff, but we're going to sit quietly because it's too much of a hassle. Because I don't want to be bothered because I have some friends who might be offended. Seriously? By the way, guys, I'm, I'm talking to myself here. Because I've had this struggle all week. <laughs> I've had this struggle all week. I, in fact, even on the way over here, I was like, do I really want to talk about this? It's hard. It's not easy. And I recognize that. But I believe that the nature of God, the character of God, if it's really all about who he is, and then he is calling us as, as image bearers of him to reflect his character and his image and his nature to the world around us, his character and his nature is one that's going to speak up. His character and his nature is one who's going to go to defend those who are being oppressed, those who are being hurt. Jesus never just sat in his house and let that stuff happen and said, well, it's somebody else's problem. It'll get sorted out somehow. That sucks, but oh well, it happens. I mean, this is the way we think. This is the way we, we contextualize. How? Guys, we, we gotta be, we gotta be different. We gotta be different. I don't wanna go too deep on this. Uh, I, <laughs> I feel like I've already said more than I wanted to. But it's here. It's here. And I wanna say this, guys. Here at Elevate, we have no political affiliation. We have no allegiance to anything other than Jesus. That's it. We're loyal to Jesus. And by being loyal to Jesus, that means here at Elevate, we are always, 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 always going to seek to do good. We are going to seek to, to find justice and to correct, you know, oppressive behavior and to do what we can 
You know, by the way, our faith community, you guys do realize that we have a long history of that. Our, our, our pioneers in Adventism, they were in the forefront of the movement of the abolition of slavery. And there were many who were involved in, in the Underground Railroad to help slaves escape and, and, and be free. We have a long history of being involved in issues in our society. It's only in recent years that it's become taboo to even talk about any of those things and that everybody wants to make it political. And I would argue that it's because most of us in our churches today are more American than we are Christian. We're either Democrat or Republican, and that's where our allegiance lies, not in being a Jesus follower. And I pray that's not true for, for us. I pray that's not true for us. But I think we have to get to a place where we say, you know what, whatever I grew up with, whatever view of the world I held, when I come into Christianity and I decide to take the leap to actually say, you know what, God, yes, I accept what you did for me, and I recognize that means that you're going to change my life now. Like, I'm not going to put you in a box. You're going to come into all my boxes I have, and you're going to mess them all up and throw stuff out you don't like and put new stuff in, and you're going to make it how you want it. Part of that process is going to mean that we now see the world differently, and now we speak up when we used to not speak up. And now we go places we used to not go, and now we do things we used to not do, and that's okay. That's okay. Expect it. Expect it. I'm going to invite Casey to come up and start playing for the closing song, and I want to, I want to leave us with this thought, guys. I believe wholeheartedly. I believe wholeheartedly that... We have an opportunity here at Elevate to do something very special in the Hattiesburg community. I believe that we have the opportunity to actually be a community of believers who is living this missional life that God has called us to day in and day out, and people will start to see us, and they'll not see broken human beings who are hypocritical, but they'll see glimpses of who God is. Most of the time when people look at the church, they have their biggest criticism, they're a bunch of hypocrites. You know why they're hypocrites? Because they're not living it. They're saying it, and they're living like everybody else. But if we actually lived what we say we believe, and we put it into practice, think about what God could do. He literally changed the known world with a handful of people in one lifetime. There was a handful of people when he went back to heaven in the upper room. There was enough people they could fit in one room. And a lifetime later, Christianity had spread all over the known world. Think about what God could do with us here at Elevate in this community. If we said, you know what, whatever worldview I had, whatever perspective I had, whatever political, whatever, if I'm going to lay that down and say, Jesus, I'm just going to be all in for you, and my identity now is to be on mission for you, and I am, I am a Jesus follower to the end, no matter what that means, no matter what that brings. By the way, when Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me, did you think it was all going to be a bed of roses? I'm not saying that to scare you. Because Jesus is going to give us an awesome, awesome life. He says, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. But there's going to be hardships. The world hated Jesus. They killed him. <laughs> they killed him. And you think they're all of a sudden going to love us because we're his followers and we're following his footsteps? The world's never going to love you. 
because you're not of this world. That's what the Bible tells us. You don't belong here. Right? When you become a Jesus follower, you are a stranger in a foreign land. This is not where you belong. Maybe it's time we start living that way. Maybe it's time we start acting that way. And maybe it's time that if we did that, we could be a glimpse into what's supposed to be. And people could see that and say, I want my life to be like that. That's the way it's supposed to work, guys. We're not going to have huge transformation and in, in, in huge movements. Movements are never started because of organized church activities. Movements are started because people on the individual level buy in to living their life in a certain way and they just do it. And this is what we've been talking about. This is what we've been preaching. This is what we've been teaching. The way that we're going to make a difference in this community, the way that we're going to make such an impact for the kingdom of God, that we're going to sit back and say, it had to be God, it wasn't me, is not because we have the right systems and strategies and everything else. It's because all of us are going to be all in and say, my life is now going to be on mission for God, not anything else. That's priority number one. And so as we are, we're, we're coming back together, guys, and we're starting kind of a fresh chapter, if you will, here at Elevate after this, this unprecedented time. I mean, it, it's crazy. No one's lived through this in our lifetime. I just want to ask you, you're my friends, all of you. I, I know all of you very well. We're a small group today, and I, I, I felt more comfortable speaking openly because I, I know all of you. I'm just going to ask maybe as I pray, if you just want to stand where you are, I, I can't, you know, do anything else beyond that because social distancing. But if you just want to commit and say, you know what, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I, I don't know what it's going to mean. I don't know what it's going to look like. I, I'm scared. I'm apprehensive. But I'm willing to lay aside all my worldviews, all my perspectives that I've had my entire life and say, my worldview now is just going to be Jesus. That's it. I follow him wherever he goes. By the way, the book of Revelation says that in, in heaven that we're going to follow the lamb around wherever he goes. You think we're just going to start there? No, that, that starts here. We follow him. So I'm going to pray. And if you just want to commit to God in your heart, just stand up where you're at and uh, just say, God, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to take that leap. I'm ready to go there. And uh, I'm ready to do things I never thought I would do because you've called me to do it. Let's pray together. Father God, sometimes it is so easy to get into our comfort zone. Sometimes it's so easy for us to, to go about our lives just business as usual. Sometimes it is, it is too easy for us to just go through the motions, to be that Laodicean church that is talked about in the book of Revelation. But God, I, we, we are all here standing up as a testimony here this evening that, that we don't want that life. We don't want to be Laodicea here at Elevate. We don't want to go through the motions. God, we have a desire. We have a longing. We don't know what it means. We don't know where this is going to go, but we have a desire to, to step out in faith and to, to allow you to lead us into a future that only you know. God, my prayer is 
that for everybody here that, that's standing right now in this room, that this would be just a, a brand new chapter for us here at Elevate. That we would, whatever we've been holding on to, whatever's been in our hearts, whatever's been, you know, tangling us up in life and dragging us down, that that, that will all be let go of. And that we will say, you know what? I, I long to be with Jesus. But more than that, I long that others would be with Jesus too. And I'm willing, I'm willing to go out and to change my life in radical ways sometimes to be used by God. God, I'm overwhelmed just right here in this moment. I'm in awe of you, how good you are, how just you are. We don't deserve you. God, I pray that we will not leave this place and just say, wow, that was that was inspirational. And then go back to normal. But that we would leave this place and say, God, I'm dedicating myself, whatever that means, to making your mission, my life's priority. I love you so much, God. I pray a blessing over everybody here. We love you. We pray all this in the powerful, wonderful, awesome.